Welcome to Prayer Huddle, a community that seeks to host God, influence lives, and revive hearts. The message you're about to listen to is a word in season to make your spirit soar like that of the eagle. Thank you for listening and stay blessed. Um, I'm going to start this series uh, by the grace of God on what I titled the three P's of personal exploits. The three P's, as in P for Paul, of personal exploits. You know, whenever we talk about exploits, people think about changing the world, some kind of, you know, something that is global, something that would, would make history books, something that would be published in the news, something that we would see in the headlines, and something that would be, be on the billboards or be read about or spoken about for ages, you know. Most times when we hear of exploits, that's what comes to our mind. But I want you to know that God in his plan, in his design, in his intention for our lives, he actually intends that we begin the exploits with ourselves. That is personal exploits. We become agents of personal exploits. Our own lives as individuals is an embodiment of divine exploits. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. So we're looking at the three Ps of personal exploits. I wrote something down here, and I want you to think about it. People don't come as oak trees. They come as acorns. People don't come as oak trees. They come as acorns. And the eyes that sees the oak tree in the acorns are very rare. Now, what is an oak tree? So the oak tree is this mighty tree. Anybody who knows oak tree or has seen oak trees or you read about it in your story books, you know that is one of those mighty, is one of those trees mighty among trees. It's about 90, anywhere between 70 to 90 feet tall. And the width alone is about nine feet. That is a massive, humongous tree. That is a tree with branches that can spread as wide as almost twice um, the size of its height. So you're looking at anywhere from 130 feet or more. So the oak tree is a big tree, but it comes from this seed called the acorns. And the acorns has a lot of story to it. There's just so much to learn about the acorns. It seems that the, the fun part of the life of an oak tree is actually the journey of that acorns, what is called acorns, that in those tiny acorns uh, is trapped the destiny of a mighty tree. And all that the acorns have to go through to be able to bring forth this glorious destiny, this destiny that would provide shelter for birds, for animals, for camping, and in fact, provide food for birds and for a lot of beasts of the field. 
Now think about it. The air currents is they're endangered because as a seed, everything wants to eat them. There are predators. The birds want to consume them. The weather wants to eat them up. Um, there are a lot of phases and seasons that the acorns have to go through. But in the midst of all these, don't forget, there is a destiny of a mighty tree trapped inside an acorn. And it takes very rare eyes. It takes the eyes of God, the eyes of faith, the eyes of possibility to see this potential, this big tree in the acorns. It's like what the Bible says, now there's this treasure in etin vessels. Okay, we are etin vessels. We look very delicate. We look very perishable. It looks like one heat will just smash us. It calls us etin vessels, etin ware, jars of clay. He said, but inside it is treasure. Inside it is eternal treasure that cannot perish. Inside it is the treasure, the deposit of God that cannot diminish. And that is the same story of these acorns. And, and God began to tell me that you need to, you need, you need to tell my people that they're just liking to this parable of the acorns. So maybe this, this word is for you. You're the parable of the acorns. You have inside you this huge potential, but right now you don't look like it. And there's something somebody said. He said, every eyes know how to look, but only rare eyes know how to see. You can look at a child and all you see is a child that is just a child struggling or whatever. But it takes the eyes of faith. It takes the eyes of an exploit maker. It takes the eyes circumcised by the spirit of God, eyes that the veil of unbelief has been removed to see the potential that lies in that child. You see a woman and, and she might just think, I'm just a very beautiful woman. I'm just a girl. But you know, the eyes of a man, a man of God, okay? Like when I saw my wife, the eyes of the spirit, the eyes of an eagle, I can see in her what she cannot even see in herself. I can see in her Beyond the girl, I can see a woman, a mother of many nations, a, a, a woman of God. It's just like when Isaac met um, Rebecca, he looked at her. They said to her, he said, mother of many nations, you shall be. How is it that Isaac was able to speak that about Rebecca? Why? Because Isaac himself had been immersed into the thinking faith, okay, of Many nations, God has said it to his father. The family has embraced it. They've heard it as a prophetic word. They believe it. They live for it. In fact, Abraham said, don't marry for my son, just any woman, because I want him to preserve the great destiny of nations that God has promised in his loins. So Isaac spoke from that understanding. Beloved, it takes a knowledge. It takes an understanding. It takes a dimension of awareness in God to be able to see acorns that carries oak trees. I say again, people do not come as oak trees. They first of all come as what? Acorns. 
and it takes rare eyes, eyes equipped, eyes acquainted by knowledge, the word of God, eyes that have become revelational by the spirit of God to see these potential oak trees in the acres. Now come with me to the scripture. I want us to read our anchor scripture um, for this series. On this series, we're going to be touching a lot of part, and I'm going to be bringing, after I finish my part of the series, we're going to bring some corporate leaders to talk to us how to unravel these acorns, uh, unravel the oak trees in, in your acorns, in the corporate world, in the business world, in the ministry life, even in marriage and family. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus. But come with me to Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. I'll be reading a lot of scriptures. I like to touch Old Testament, and then I will get back to my base in the New Testament. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall, be cor shall he corrupt with flatteries. But the people that do know their God, shall be strong and do exploits. The people that do know their God. You know, when I was a younger Bible student, and I will read this part, do know their God, I translated it literally, that for there to be a doing, there has to be a knowing. That means a functional knowledge, a walking knowledge. Do know their God the knowledge that makes men do accurately. So, but I like to read it from Amplified Version. It says, as such that violate the covenant, he will pervert, seduce with flatteries. That means the devil will try to mislead people who do not know their God, who do not know him well enough to see beyond their acorns and see through the eyes of God the oak trees that they carry on their inside. It said, but the people who know their God, who have this awareness, they shall prove themselves strong. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to a believer on this meeting? They shall prove themselves strong. They shall stand firm and they will do exploits. Now, this is a summary. It's pretty much a synopsis of everything we're about to talk about today. That they will prove themselves strong. The Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, it says there in verse 17, 16, prove all things. Prove. They will prove themselves strong. They will stand firm, okay, and do exploits. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let's read one more scripture. Ooh, this is good, mate. This is good. I feel it in my spirit already. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. Somebody can help me put the scriptures there. It says in verse 5, that in everything you are enriched by him. In all utterance, and in all knowledge, okay, that in everything you are loaded, in everything you are equipped, but most importantly, in all utterance, that means ability to speak correctly, 
okay, in every respect, I like the Amplified. He says, so that in him, in every respect, you are enriched in full power and readiness of speech of your faith. <laughs> in complete knowledge and illumination. Okay, in verse, in verse seven, I'm going to skip verse 6 in verse 7, so that you do not come behind in any gifts. Okay? In Amplified, he said that you are not consciously falling behind or lacking in any spiritual special endowment. Spiritual special endowment. There's a consciousness of, there's an awareness and that awareness gives is from the knowledge of the fact that you carry special endowments and you are not, you're not falling short. You're not going to lack. You're not going to be short of it in your destiny. You are going to deploy it. Let me say this. Every knowledge of God deposited in you is the knowledge of God to be put to work. I want to say that again. Every knowledge of God deposited in you is to be translated to spiritual potential, okay? It's a knowledge of God that has capacity to express itself in functionality, in doing exploits. The knowledge of God is not to be retained as head knowledge for mental gymnasia or for impressing those who are curious, the Epicureans, the Stoics, like the Greeks, the Bible said, they came to Jesus. They wanted to be impressed. You know, the Bible says in Corinthians, the Jews sought after signs, the Greeks sought knowledge. They wanted something that is high sounding. Okay, to them, they wanted to relate with God as a mere thing of intellectual exercise. But please, this is a dimension of God, that there are things about God when you assimilate as knowledge, it has capacity to be expressed functionally. Am I talking to someone? That there are things we learn about God that they, they translate us to exploit agents. Once we assimilate them, they give us capacity to be strong, to stand firm, and to do exploits. Amen. It's a walking functional knowledge that you come behind in no gift, in no expression of this spiritual dimension. Let's read one more scripture, two more scriptures. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Just flip over to the next epistle of Second Corinthians. Chapter 2, verse 14. I pray in the name of Jesus. Every knowledge of God on your inside has been dormant. At the hearing of this word, let it come alive. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let it come alive. Let it come alive. The things you've known about God. You know, the Bible says, he said, that which you have heard, we've seen, and we've handled of the word of life, that we, we express. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, every knowledge of God 
If it's concerning prosperity, begin to walk in abundance. If it's concerning healing, begin to walk in divine health. If it's concerning victory, begin to walk in victory. If it's concerning excellence, may we begin to walk in excellence. If it's concerning protection, now there is no divination against Israel. There is no enchantment against Jacob. If it's concerning divine protection, I pray from this day going forward, no enchantment of hell will survive in your life. It's a functional knowledge. It's a walking knowledge. They that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be to God, which always cause us to triumph in Christ, making manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are, are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perished. My Amplified Version said, but thanks to God, who in Christ always leads us in trophies, triumph of Christ's victories. Through us, God spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Now, this is telling us that to, when you are an exploit maker, you exact and exude an influence of God everywhere. You exact, exact and exude an influence of God. Praise the Lord. Because you are making known the knowledge of God everywhere. As you are dispensing the sweet fragrance of the spirit of God, he both to those who are saved, to those who are not saved. Let's read on one more scripture about this knowledge of God. And we're going to pray prayer, and then I will come down and to, to say some things about the acorns. And then we will close this introduction. Let's read Second Peter, the epistle written by Peter, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertains unto life and godliness through the knowledge. Please, this is important. They that do know their God shall be strong and do exploit in life and living godly through knowledge of him who has called us to glory and to virtue. Now, it takes abiding knowledge of God for any glorious destiny to power through life. I'm going to say that again. You want to power through life. You want to go through this life and leave a trail. You want to go through this life in a way that it don't matter how you were born. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter how privileged or underprivileged you were. It doesn't matter what skin color you carry. It doesn't matter your level of education. It doesn't even matter how gifted you are or not gifted, but through the knowledge of God, deploying this knowledge of God, the divine power of God in our nature is also deployed so that we're able to live 
life and live all the kind of godliness, godlikeness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and to virtue. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I wrote some things down. I want to read them. Every person set on their marks for exploits must be a survivor of four seasons of life. Every person set on their marks for exploits, you start out actually as a survivor. Why? Why as a survivor? But you are a hard survivor. You know the prayer that I prayed initially, I said God will make you a hard target for failure, a hard target for limitation, a hard target for resistance. That means no matter what life throws at you, to put you down, to put you at status quo. You sort your hard target. You keep breaking loose. You keep shifting the goal bar. You keep stretching yourself. Age is not a barrier. Amen. You keep, you keep bringing forth things that is unimaginable. Even you, you surprise yourself. It's like you think this is your limit, but you push yourself, you stretch yourself, and then you realize that, wow, I didn't know that God could even do through me beyond this. I began to study the acorns. The acorns are very interesting. Genetically, the acorns has everything in itself that actually is represented genetically in the oak tree. That means everything that holds for the branches, the leaves, the root system, the bundles, the parachyma, the, um, the, the, the phlegm and xylem, everything that makes the oak tree what it is, the acorn as a seed has its genetic composition in it. Now, one of the things the acorn is bestowed with is what it has to feed itself. And then the acorn actually goes through four seasons in life. First, from the spring, when the tree blossoms and there is sprout, the leaves are sprouting, the flowers are pollinated. The male pollen is, is cross-matched with the female flower, the ovary, and there is a cross-pollination, and it begins to swell. The cotyledon within the acorn begins to swell. And from that point, the bud of the acorn can no longer carry it. It falls off. And that is when the acorn begins to experience the different phases of its life. And you know that we have the spring, then after that comes summer. And life is like that. In summer, the trees are still growing. Things are still growing. But there's, a, there's heat. It's not very convenient. And that is, that is the life of every person. There are times in our lives, it is spring. Everything is just so good. Maybe some of you think of when you were younger, no responsibility. You didn't think of what to eat. You just you were just happy, go for it. We're so eager to grow up. You wanted to be an adult. We all were there, amen. Little did we realize that soon as we become adults, we will lose some freedom, even in as much as we gain some freedom, those freedom we gain will come with responsibility. Now you pay your bills. Now you think of 
In fact, somebody put on a DP, I read it, and I said, that is the life of an adult. She said, running a family is like running an enterprise. You have spreadsheet, you cross the lines, you make sure money is allocated, and you do it continuously on a monthly basis. And when your sheet is not balanced, you know there's trouble. You're going to have a meeting in the house. <laughs> and she said, I have to allot everything for everything. Now, that is our lives. Our life has become a spreadsheet of responsibilities. We've gone past that spring season, and now we're still growing, but with some conditions of responsibility. It's not convenient. It's summer. After that, people even come to a phase in their life, just like the acorn. It's called fall. In fall, the trees do not grow anymore. The leaves actually begin to fall. It's past the stage for flowering. And during fall, nothing is happening. Maybe you are in a stage right now in your life and you feel like it's fall, okay? I want you to know that something is happening while nothing is happening. In other words, during fall is a phase of transitioning. Even though when it looks like nothing is moving, is a phase, is a trans phase. You and I must go through fall. Every man must go through fall. Christ went through fall. Apostles went through fall. Great men went through fall. Great men and women you know in this world who are exploit makers went through their fall. And that's why the Bible said, they that do know their God. Because at times we think that knowing God means that you're doing exploits. Something is happening in your life. At times you might come to a point where even your knowledge of God brings you to what I call a phase where you are just dwelling there. You're just there in the promise. Nothing is happening. Nothing seems to be happening as it were. Something is happening really, but nothing seems to be happening. People cannot say, oh, wow, this what is going on in your life. And that is the time people throw in the towel. That's the time people give in on their dreams. That's the time people say to them, and say, maybe I was never even called on this journey. Maybe I never had a call. Maybe this marriage was not meant to be. Maybe this relationship was a mistake from the beginning. Maybe even this project was a miscalculation. Maybe this business was a wrong footing in the first place. That is when many get their eyes shipwrecked and they bow their head in shame. But God is saying that you need to know that you are on a transition. In fact, after fall comes winter. The acorns go through these four phases, spring, summer, and fall, and winter. During fall and winter, those are the most trying time for an acorn. That big destiny of an oak tree is threatened by animals, by wild animals, the rodents, the beer. In fact, the acorns is their favorite, favorite thing to eat. The insects, the, the humidity, the weather. And then comes winter when you feel alone. The acorn, at this time, it's almost by itself. All that it has is just a hard shell to cover it and keep it. And from there, it has to plant its roots and begin to grow. I want you to know that God's word spoke about this phase in our lives. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Come with me to Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. 
And I will close this introduction with some three fundamental things. I will address one, and then we will continue. Habakkuk chapter three, verse 17. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If anybody is there, you can read it out loud. Habakkuk, Habakkuk 3, 17 to 18. Though the fig tree, though the fig tree, let me read it here. Hallelujah. Though the fig tree does not blossom, okay, and there is no fruit on the vines, and the product of the olives fail. This is winter and win fall and winter right here. And the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no cattle in the stall. Nothing seems to be happening. Yet I will praise, I will rejoice in the Lord and I will exhort in the victory of victorious God of my salvation. Now, this is where there's a difference between them that know God and them that don't know God. Life happens to everyone, but the way the person who has faith, who has God on the inside, the way they would respond to life is different from someone who has not known the Lord. And that is why we come on prayer huddle, okay, to update, to refresh. You know how your system can at times begin to act up and then you need to update. There is new version, you update. There's new application, you update. God is constantly trying to update us in his plans and his will. And we have to be constantly in touch like this so that the way we respond to life is different. Amen. In a few minutes that I have left, I'm going to give you an overview of what we will cover in the course of this section of the series. There is price to pay, and that, those, that brings me to the three Ps, the three Ps of making personal exploit. Having gone through this season, or to go through these four seasons in life, you need to understand that every one of us that wants to live a life of exploit, meaningful life, you want to make an impact in your family. You want to change your family story. You want to change the stereotypes, the cycles that continues to define your family. You want to be that change maker. You want to be that exploit maker. Maybe there's never been anyone who's built a house or who is successful or who's gone to college in your home or who has gotten a degree or gotten a job or retired from a good job, or, or, or whatever it is, you want to redefine, change that will. Amen. Change that status quo. You want to be the exploit maker in your home. Number one, there is a personal price. Please write it, personal price. What is going to be my personal price? Like Jesus said, which of you want to build a house? will not count the cost. So there's a cost you and I must take into account. Number two, every passion must be driven with well-defined purpose. That means it's not enough to be passionate about life. A lot of young people are angry and millennials are impatient with the system. 
with political class, with their parents, with their fathers. They're very passionate. They want a world of change. But you see, passion without purpose is energy going nowhere to happen. Okay, passion without purpose, you see that in the life of Alexander the Great, conquered the world, first battle 18 years, conquered the world at 25, lived up to 20, 32, lost no battle, went beyond Macedonia, conquered empires. But how did he end? He ended just drastically, left no child, no home, no marriage, no legacy, nothing. Because he was just obsessed with conquest, passion. He was a passionate general. He had no purpose. Number three, posterity, the pursuit of posterity. The pursuit of posterity. Now, you we we there's what we call generational relay every one of us are in a generational relay my great grandfather started a race whether they ran it well whether they ran it with god or without god they've passed the baton over down to my father and my father down over to me I want you to understand that if you look very well, when we talk about personal exploits, every man or woman has been handed down something. You perhaps have been handed down battles. I'm talking about unfinished business, unfinished battles has been handed down to you. There are generational demons. I'm not talking about just spiritual demons. I'm talking about habitual demons, familiar demons, character demons, attitude demons, traditional demons, behavioral demons, okay? I call it demons metaphorically, but things that you don't like. And those things do well in the system called your family. And you've been gotten the button and they've handed that battle over to you. Some, it's not battles they handed over. They handed over work. Most times, I always say concerning me that my dad handed over a lot of work, a lot. When I get to that part in the series, I will show you how to be an exploit maker in the pursuit of posterity. So number one, you have a personal price. Number two, there is, you need that passion, but passion must be guided and narrowed by a purpose, sense of purpose. And number three, there's got to be a legacy. There's something you have been, you have received and there's something you will transfer. How do you want to transfer the button? Do you want to amplify the battles and the work and transfer it? Or you want to be an expert maker that would say like David, I want to make sure I conquered a lot of battles so that by the time my son comes on the scene, the land is all at rest and the land can, can, he can build the temple. Before we close, just before we close, a few minutes we have left. I'm going to touch on the first. We'll close and then we'll come back again next week. On personal price, personal price. How many of you have been blessed by this loaded word? Wow. Matthew chapter 20, as we read those some scriptures, and I will share some things from the word of God. In Matthew chapter 20, from verse 22 to 23, but Jesus answered and said, you know not what you ask. 
Are you able to drink of the cup that I should drink of to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And they said to him, yes, we are able. In verse 23, he said unto them, you shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with, but to sit on the right hand on my on, and on the left, it is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. Now, I won't be dwelling so much in the context of the scripture, but by inference, we will draw some conceptual thinking from this scripture to portray something or a concept that Christ made open to us. In this story, sons of Zebedee, disciples of Jesus, favorite of the Lord, had come to Jesus through their mother, lobbying for a special position in heaven when Jesus gets to his kingdom. And Jesus began to say, well, there is a prize. That prize, Jesus used the word in the Greek, is called edion. Edion, which means cup. The word cup means appointed portion. Edion. Edion, appointed portion. Another rendering says purposeful suffering. If you are even able to drink of my appointed portion, or you are able to partake of my purposeful suffering, okay? Jesus was saying that that is the criteria to even say you, you determine who sits where. However, when it comes to the proximity of sitting who sits next to me, I can't even guarantee that. But just to even determine who sits in heaven, there is an appointed portion there is a purposeful suffering. Amen. This is important because we have a generation of believers and Christians that maybe we've not been taught, maybe we were taught, we just neglected, or maybe we just don't like the idea of suffering. But we, we've forgotten that nothing good comes on the platter of gold. Salvation never came on the platter of gold that God in his plan has apportioned a cup for each destiny that is going to manifest and be an exploit maker. This is very important. This is important. That anytime you are praying to God, Lord, promote me, Lord, promote me, Lord, raise me, Lord, do this. Or simple prayer as God, give me a good marriage. Lord, I want to be blessed. Lord, I want to be a, a preacher. Lord, I want, to, I want my voice to be heard. There is an apportioned suffering. There is a cup. Look at what happened in Gethsemane. Matthew chapter 22, 26, I'm sorry. Matthew 26, verse 39. Matthew 26, 39 to 42. He says, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, Jesus tried to negotiate his way around this appointed portion of suffering, trial, discipline. He said, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass over me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will. 
He came in verse 40, 42 again, the second time. The Bible says he prayed saying, oh, my father, if this cup, this idiot can be can pass, if there's a way that I can be crowned with glory, if there's a way I can, I can save these people, if there's a way I can be the redeemer of the world, the savior, the Messiah, crown Christ, Messiah of the world, without this appointed suffering, he said, but except I drink it, if it means I have to drink it, then thy will be done. Beloved brothers and sisters, to keep a relationship and stay on course, there is a cup. There is an appointed portion of denial, of self-denial, of sacrifice, of, of staying, to stay on course, to be in a good marriage, there's a price, there's a personal price. Good marriage does not just happen because the two people are good. <laughs> no, <laughs> if the two people are good, once they marry, the marriage will bring out all the bad in them. I can tell you that. If the two people look perfect, once they get married, <laughs> yeah, the imperfections will come out. I don't know who was the guy who sang, I love your imperfections. What was his name now? This is John Legend. I don't know what that song is, but, but today is love day. Maybe, maybe somebody can remind me of this song. Something, your imperfections and all that. But marriage will squeeze out everything there is. And people will begin to deal with the reality. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the beauty people will be seen on the outside. You are paying the price. You are paying the price. Yes, your perfect imperfection. Thank you, my, my darling. You know, she, she's, you can trust her. You know, that's perfect imperfection. You look beautiful on the outside. You look perfect on the outside. But you know the price, the cup that you've got to drink to raise great kids. You know, I read something and it blew my mind. I'm going to be talking about that deeply when we deal on passion and purpose, and when we deal with posterity. It is easy to raise and build children, strong children, than to repair a broken man. The price you pay to, to raise and groom strong children who are emotionally strong, mentally strong, spiritually strong, like, you know, who are, who are dealing with life facing, it's, it's far, 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 it's, it's, it's far less than the price to deal with repairing broken men. Because when men, when men grow and they are broken on the inside, you have a lot of work to do. You have to fix the grown-up man and fix the child in them. So please don't play with this series because we're talking about personal exploit. It starts from the home. And God is saying, I'm about to impact my people to become exploit maker. But it, 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 to, to, you have to drink the cup to be an entrepreneurial trailblazer. Sir, you, have, you can't cut short. There's no shortcut to a lasting, successful business. You've got to drink the cup. To build a strong ministry, man of God, woman of God, he starts with the discipline of that cup. You drink it. You got to drink it. 
to get a degree, to, to build your credentials for the next level opportunity, to build a healthy body, strong body, strong mind. There is a price. A price of going to the gym, a price of staying away from all the good things you love to eat, a price of putting your body on that subjection, like Paul said, lest I become cast away. I love the way Second Timothy, that's the last scripture, and we're going to pray, we're going to pray for that grace to embrace in their own world. Now, look, look at what the Bible says in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. It says, I'm going to read, this is the last verse, just hang in there, don't go away. It says, and you endure hardness. I want another version. I love this. He says, you endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. No man wars and entangled himself with the affairs of this life, but that he may please him who chose him to be a soldier. If any man also strive for masteries, yet is not crowned, except he strove lawfully. Verse 2, verse 3 in Amplified Version, he says, take your Ah, oh, this scripture killed it for me. Look at what he said in Amplified Version. Take with me, Jesus is saying, take with me your share of hardships and suffering, which you are called to endure as a good first-class soldier of Jesus in that marriage. As a first-class soldier of Jesus, endure. Look at what he said. In, he said, no soldier, when in service, gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. And if anyone enters competitive games, he is not crowned unless he competes lawfully, fairly, according to rules that are laid down. Friends, the discipline to maintain focus, to delay gratification, and to be comfortable in your skin while doing so. That's the cup we're talking about. That's the cup. That when you are in obscurity, sir, nobody knows you. Not a lot of distraction, not a lot of followership. You're unpopular, you're uncommended, you're unappreciated in your efforts to thrive and to excel you still maintain tenacity doing good. That's what we're talking about. In John 17, verse 19, Jesus said something. He said, for your sake, I sanctify myself. There is, there is a price to pay, the price of consecration, the price of holy living, beloved. When, you want, when we want to be exploit makers and make a mark in this world, you, you cannot just do what the Joneses are doing. I have to be honest. We've got to be real. The Lord is going to use you. You know, when, when I was, as a young man, the Lord said something. I've shared this with some of you. I was on campus and the Lord said to me, I'm going to use you. Stay away from relationship for seven years. Stay away from relationship. He said, for the next seven years, because I prepared someone for you. It was tough. It was hard. But that was the price to be paid for the spirit of God to do great exports through me. God knew. God knew if I were in any kind of relationship on campus, that focus, that, you know, it, it probably 
I'll be, I'll be dealing with this, dealing with that, dealing with that. So at times, there's a price of consecration. There's a price of just, just staying away. The reason why a lot of people, you know, you're just saying, Lord, Lord, when will the real man come? When will the... Because maybe because, could it be that we've been dating the wrong guys? Maybe could it be that we've just been allowing all kinds of Dick and Harry come through our lives? And we cannot pay the price of waiting on God. The Lord, the person whom you've ordained for me, the girl you've ordained. Thank you for listening to this message. We love to stay in touch and to see you at one of our events. You can find out more about us on our website at prayer-huddle.com. Email us at feedback at prayer-huddle.com or on our Instagram at prayer underscore huddle.